0: Everyone, welcome to What Is Covenant Specialized Pastoral Care Services Christian Counseling Ministry, and who who should you be with if you're listening to the podcast today? But no less than none other than Carolyn Barnett and Dave Clay. That was the, that was that the was crowd. The audience, yes, you know when you're on television and you're in the studio when, and a timing is like a huge thing when you're doing a live program. So whenever it would get to a point where you had to kind of slow it down, string it out, they do, of course I apologize to our podcast listeners because you're not gonna be able to see this, but they put their index and their thumb together, both hands together, Mm -hmm. and then they would pull it apart like a string. And what that basically meant was slow it down because we're going to come up short. And so instead of the 10 seconds or 15 seconds where the camera is just on the person, they're just sitting there looking at you looking kind of foolish. That way, at least you would have words. Now, again, I do a bit of backfill or fill like that in our podcast, but it's generally just so that it doesn't become monotonous. And you, Carolyn, could probably testify to that. It could become, if I, if I were given full permission, <laughs> it could become
1: incredibly
0: monotonous.
1: No, oh, I doubt that. But I don't think anybody's ever going to have to do that little, simple that that thing you described with me, because I <laughs> I tend to move from one thing. To another and believe it or not my mouth can't keep up with my brain because I'm usually like thinking about so many things but um, yeah I don't think anybody will ever tell me that I've had people tell me that they couldn't understand um, my daughter because she they actually ask her can you repeat that slowly (laughs) because she talks really fast
0: well that's me too I mean, I would be then inclined to be that same way, because when I get like going, my mm-hmm. thoughts are going that yeah. fast, mm-hmm. and it's, then it's a, a race between my thoughts and my tongue. Exactly, You know, exactly. And, blah, 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 blah. That's and then can, I we... don't even begin to skip words, simply because I need to get to the end of whatever, but I don't know where I'm
1: going. But to. when you spend time with that person, like, I understand what you're saying, I understand what she says, and sometimes I have to translate, you know, what she said this... <laughs>
0: So, with that thought in mind, okay. let's just chase off to the begin, at uh, the All right. end, <laughs> <All right. laughs> yeah. from the very beginning, so that I don't get my words any more mi- mixed up or messed up. And he shewed me a river, a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, was there a tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits. And he said unto me, These sayings are faithful and true, and the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to shew unto his servant the things which must shortly be done. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. And I, John, saw these things and heard them. And when I had heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel, which shewed me these things. Then saith he unto me, See thou, do it not, for I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren the prophets, and of them which keep the saying of this book, worship God. And he saith unto me, Seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still, and he which is filthy, let him be filthy still, and he that is righteous, let him be righteous still, and he that is holy, let him be holy still. And, behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. For without are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and adulterers and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie." I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify unto thee these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. I'm almost at the end, Carolyn. And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. And let him that hear it say, Come. And let him that is a thirst, Come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. And then it says, the end. (laughs) Now, Carolyn, I probably shouldn't speak another word. (laughs) Because if I do, I may be adding to or taking away. But I really don't know that that's exactly what Jesus meant or what that meant. In Scripture, and of course that was out of the book of Revelation, chapter 22, and I read the final verses. And let me get the actual start of that verse. uh, Verse 1, the whole chapter. We read the whole chapter. Okay. Why would we start at the end? We could just again launch, we typically do, in the middle, and then we always chase down the end. But I thought today we'd just flip it a bit and go right to the end.
1: Hmm, interesting. Sometimes we are so busy with our, not us, but as a people, our intro, our, how we start things, we wanna make sure we're understood, and then we get into the details, and then by the time you get to the end, where it's like the meat of it, then you're done. You don't have time to, to unfold it. So, or unpack it, as they say now. So, I like going to the end because I feel like we can get um, the points that we're supposed to get and dwell on it for a minute, and not get caught up in the details of it. So I'm I'm game for that, and I like this scripture because also I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. So there's a element of completion. You know, the number seven. There's a element there that it's a whole. The Bible is a whole. We can't just read one side or the other, New Testament, Old Testament. So there I think there's something kind of spiritual about that.
0: Well, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Understatement of the year. Yeah. But it is true and I love how you put that way that that way because sometimes we can get all caught up in the presentation, mm-hmm. including an introduction. Mm-hmm. And chasing down a point mm-hmm. and building all of this to a point of right. some drama. Right. And then we insert the point And then we kind of go over everything we said so we bring closure to it. At least Mm -hmm. that was the the format that Mm -hmm. I was taught Mm -hmm. (laughs) when when I was in school as to effective speech, Mm -hmm. uh, speech class. Yes, exactly. But I don't know. I just want to know the end. Right. And when I get to the end, maybe I can backfill. You know, it's not that I should just know the end because then it's all over. But then I take what otherwise the end tells me in terms of where I'm going to end up And it then helps me, it guides me along the way, and I I like that with the Alpha and Omega. Mm -hmm. But Carolyn, as as our conversations are inclined to go, that is not anywhere near where I was thinking the conversation would go. Oh boy. In this sense. Well, I'll tell you that this is how it works Mm though. This is the end, this is the point, and now we backfill. But it all started with a street corner, and with it then... The city we live in, and with that then, an employee that I had not seen, employee slash friend I had not seen for years. Hmm. And uh, the relationship was good. It was solid. uh, But you know how things go in life, and you just lose track of that person. Mm -hmm. And so they were walking around the corner. I was walking across the avenue. They were coming up the street side, turning onto the avenue, and uh, all of a sudden, bam. (laughs) Was that dramatic? (laughs) I didn't run into did, like Yeah, I did, I did run into them, But it felt like that because I look up and there they are. And immediately my heart. Aw. No, I'm serious, right? It just leapt. I love it, that. And I know that sounds corny, oh, yeah. it was King James. It leapt. <laughs> Your heart leaps. I'm sorry. I'm King James right all the time. But it did. I got excited. Right. Another way of describing that. And all of a sudden, all the love that I had for this person flooded back in.
1: I love that.
0: Isn't it awesome when you think about that? Yeah. Because for all of those individuals that have ever lost all of those people along the way, Mm -hmm. and you even kind of lose awareness, and maybe that's just the way you contend with it, cope with it, Maybe it's an aspect of some compartmentalization. You just kind of put it somewhere, because you can't live in that all the time. Sometimes I think that's really what grief is. Grief is compartmentalizing. You've got to do it the right way. You can't hide it. You've right. got to catalog it. I mean, right. if I can say it that way, it's got to somehow Five be stages. <laughs> It's got to be put somewhere yeah. where in your memory it is. And then, you know, maybe that's what ceremony brings in terms of then celebration holidays where we mm-hmm. celebrate. I say celebrate because I think there's a joyous aspect. Uh, but that's possibly where the Bible says God can take the losses and make them joyful. Mm-hmm. And maybe He scrubs them too. Maybe He erases all the bad things. So all we remember, I believe that there's some of that that goes on too. But in that instant, I was just reminded of how much I love this person and they too. And isn't that great? No. And then I remembered all the conflicts that we'd had. <laughs> Along the way. And that wasn't bad, because it didn't take me out of that. But I did. And every relationship has strife, right? I mean, it's just the way it is. We're human. We have, and I mean, just every relationship. Marriage, uh, employer, employee, friends, neighbors. I mean, there's just always. But isn't it great to know, though, and that's what came to me in that moment, the second moment, experience I had was, all that conflict just disappears. Hmm. Because in the end, it doesn't matter. Right. What matters the most is the glory of the Lord. And, you know, the sky didn't part that day. Actually, it could have been kind of a rainy, overcast day, I think. My memory serves me correct. And it was kind of cold. So it wasn't like we had this sort of basking in the sun. You know, the skies parted and this intense light kind of came, down. came down. Yeah, or fire <laughs> even. No, it wasn't like that. But in that same sort of way, it was exactly like that. Because none of that mattered. In that moment, I love that person in probably a a way or comparable to any other way. I might love any other human being at any other time. Isn't that, to me, that's why I want to talk about this. Isn't that amazing? I'm not saying that would happen with everybody. (laughs) Some more, some less.
1: God had that prearranged and if you, if you haven't thought about it, I, in my mind, was going ahead uh, thinking. You want to
0: get to the end.
1: Yeah, I want to get to the end. I well, (laughs) I'm impatient. I was thinking when you said about want to know, I was the one that would go and sneak and look for my Christmas presents. but I just had to do a little bit like I just had to see the top of it and if I just seen like one or two things then I was satisfied and then I could go away but I want to know the end and so my thinking I'm picturing this beautiful reunion and you know but do you really believe that you just crossed that for no reason I mean I would ask myself why was I there at that moment to see that person and to know that
0: because it's the book of revelation because that's life And that is the glory of the Lord, and that's Mm -hmm. love. And you're right. Jesus, you said that I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. And I made that big thing out of saying the end, Mm -hmm. right? But in that passage, and I think it's verse 12, and behold, I come quickly, and here we go, and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. So if this is just the way that it all is, and certainly John, John the Revelator, um, a man renowned for his concept of love, right? The Beloved, right. even with distinction with King James. The Beloved, mm-hmm. as with uh, that kind of acknowledgement,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> John the Beloved, mm-hmm. John the Revelator. Well, you know, we read that, I do at least. I read that and I think to myself, but that's not how my experience with Jesus is going to be when he comes back. And certainly John, that was what this is all about. John had just went through a history of his life. And all the conflict and the struggles and the hurts and the pains and the loss and the grief. And he was all alone. And he was wanting then I believe to be connected with the one he loved the most, wasn't it John too that laid his head upon Jesus's breast?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the people like to call him the, his favorite disciple or you know his closest disciple. And...
0: He understood love. He loved mm-hmm. Jesus. I don't know that he loved Jesus more than the others, but I think he was probably more available to Jesus. And I'm sure the struggle of having to go through all of this alone was part of why he was, as you said, it was ordained. It was a chosen moment to experience this. But what I'm trying to say is, or the parallel I'm trying to draw is, we all have chosen moments to live in this in the same sort of way in our life. Because we've all got the same story i not the same story to the same extent. I mean, we're, our physical, well, up to this point, I should say that. Isn't that sad that I have to even say that? Yeah. To this point, probably none of our listeners, unless they've grown up in extremes of poverty or abuse, know any of the things. And I don't want to claim anything like that. I don't want to even draw a comp- comparison. Mm-hmm. I don't want to make comparison. But I do want to say this. That most of us go through at least the lost portion. Most of us have the love of our life seemingly stolen from us or taken from us. Uh, I'm going to say stolen because I'm going to put that again in the category of the devil, Satan, who would steal, kill, and destroy. But he doesn't steal the person. He just makes us think that somehow he's taken that person from us. And Mm -hmm. since God is good, God would never do that. The devil's the only one who does it. No, the devil tricks you into believing that God is bad when you look at it that way. Mm -hmm. Because do you say God is good? We know the devil has no power. And at some point, then you've got to reconcile yourself with why you think God took that person from you. Mm -hmm. And that's another podcast. We can get into that. But I do think that John missed Jesus, and I think his heart leapt. Mm -hmm. It leapt not only in terms of the prophecy that it was revealed to him, the book of Revelation, but any thought of Jesus brought about that feeling Mm -hmm. in John.
1: I think of everything that he went through, all the physical torture that he went through, and then to be alone, but he had to have asked himself, Why did God allow him to live through all of that? And we have the book of Revelation, and he had to be kept alive to the end, but he had a story to tell, and God let him live through all of those things, and I just, I can't imagine, but he doesn't, I'm sure he missed Jesus, but he had a message to share, and he he knew it, and he didn't... I don't want to say complain, but he was still focused on Christ, even at the end. He was still thinking about Jesus.
0: So if that is, then give me some liberty here. The archetype of most of our, if not all of our human experience, Mm -hmm. alpha and omega beginning to end. You said that earlier in the podcast then we're seeing this through the lens of John, and we can we can filter that, right? And, and I think that's the important thing. People get confused with the book of Revelation. I, I, <laughs> I'm not a scholar of the Hebrew people. That's a liability when trying to come to interpretation of the book of Revelation. I try to be a scholar of the Bible, but if you put me in, if I put myself in in the same place that scholars of the Bible are, I fall grossly short in the sense of measuring up. Uh, I'm not as good as many, 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 many are. But the one thing that I do know, though, is that I got the message. Mm -hmm. I understand what the message is. And I think sometimes the confusing part of the book of Revelation is people look at it either through a Hebrew lens or try to understand all the details of it, which are intriguing. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. And even if we've been given all of those in terms of the Bible... And we should be able to understand and we've studied it. But there's still aspects of that that just are incomprehensible because we're not there. I've never been to the Holy Land. So all these geographical places and all these, I mean, it's just not, nobody's ever lived in the kind of dimension that they did during the time of Jesus and John. I've never been to the island of Patmos, right? (laughs) right? All of that would be helpful. But I think if you only see it in those literal contexts, within that literal lens of context, you're going to miss the most important message. The message is a universal one. Though John was speaking specifically in that same way to his life Mm -hmm. and all the experiences with Jesus, but what he was speaking to in more general terms is love. This is what it's like to practice within the context or within the dimension of the divine nature. This is what it's like to give your heart to somebody. This is what it's like to lose somebody that you love. This is what it's like to worry about where they are. Are you going to ever see them again? This is what it's like to be tested in some faith dimension. Absolutely. That you continue and you pursue, proceed. You go onward. You go forward. You go on with your life. Hoping that the day would come when you'd be able to see them. Because if you don't get that message and also understand all of this, you've missed the message. The light's in you. The candle is in you. The candlestick is in the midst of all the different churches. But it's you. And you're unique, yes, like John, but you're also universally like all of us. Mm -hmm. Because we're talking about spirit and the same spirit that lives in you lives in me that lived in Jesus. It's God's Holy Spirit. But if you don't see it that way, you'll stumble through the book of Revelation, which is the whole point. Because <laughs> there was a time when I thought, yeah, this is all about winning. Jesus is going to come back and prove them all wrong. And I'm not saying that there isn't an aspect. But it's hard to see the intimate dimension of this if you don't understand then it in those kind of spiritual terms. They're not metaphors. It's an elegant communication. It's spiritual communication. It's more than metaphor. It's it's an elegant communication. It's holy it's spiritual communication.
1: Yes, I I love that that personal in verse 17 where it says and the spirit and the bride. I'm in King James. And the spirit (laughs) I have to so I can follow you. And the spirit of the bride say, come, and let him that heareth say, come, and let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. And there, come, come, this wanting to be personal and be with us. And you just, I mean, if you can't feel that in those verses, I mean, there's a, yes, there's a personal call to us, but there's also this, like you said, universal call, which I love that, but at the same time, was that called a paradox? Is that what that's called? It's like both at the same time, like it's personal and universal at the same time.
0: Dualistic. But it's very, very unique in Mm -hmm. that same way then to the individual. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm speaking to with the light in you because it's the love in you, it's the fire in you, it's the passion in you, Mm -hmm. but it's also universal in the sense that there is a a bride. And Jesus speaks about that. When he comes back, he comes back to marry his bride. Mm -hmm. And then it captures it, the book of Revelation, as Jerusalem and the great city that comes down from heaven Mm -hmm. and then out of which will then he will reign. Mm -hmm. I think it's a thousand year. I think that's before the thousand year reign. But the idea though is that the river will flow out of that mm-hmm. to maybe. the nations. But it's unique and individual, too, because he doesn't marry all the composite bride. Only Jerusalem, that's what the composite, that's the universal aspect of it. But he marries the individual. right? And that's why I brought up that verse. And behold, I come quickly and my reward is with me to give every man, and I should say woman, too, according as his or her work shall be. It's, again, verse 12. Because I think Jesus, that's Jesus speaking, Jesus is saying, yes, it is about the bride. Yes, it's about the body. Yes, it's about all those that are written in the Lamb's book of life who've contributed over all the generations since Adam to this end. This is the end. You get to now see the true manifestation of the glory of the Lord, like mm-hmm. I did on the street corner that day. That mm-hmm. was the glory of the Lord. Mm-hmm. That idea, though, that somehow this is so personal, though. Mm -hmm. He marries me, Mm -hmm. Carolyn. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know that there is anything greater, I said that earlier, than what I experienced on the street corner, Mm -hmm. or even my wife, or my kids, or even you, Mm -hmm. or our podcast listeners. But the idea, though, is how do I compare that other than to say in the moment I was in, the sky split. There was light shining down from heaven. Mm -hmm. There was a new Jerusalem. And out of it was flowing this river of living water that was incredible. I I was gushing all over the avenue. I was gushing all over the corner. I was gushing all over 10th Street. And it was incredible. Mm -hmm. I was the beloved. I was John. Mm -hmm. Not that Jesus loved any disciple more or less It's according to every person and their works. But it's not their works like God's going to measure them and say, well, you didn't work hard enough, so I'm going to give you a little bit of this. No. Their works is, are you able to marry the bride? Are you able to live in this kind of a circumstance? Are you able to endure and not give up on love and not give up on the hope? Not give up on the faith dimension that it's going to happen. But it's gonna happen out of nowhere. You're gonna be crossing an avenue and not expecting it all of a sudden, how did I put it? The sky is gonna open up. Bam! Boom! Whatever it is. Yeah. And you're gonna realize Jesus loves me. Mm -hmm. And I'm married to Jesus. And then I'm married to you. Mm -hmm. And my wife, and the person on the street, Mm -hmm. and the neighbor. And all those other people that I've had conflicts with, it overcomes all of that. All of that is lost in that one moment of glory. Mm-hmm.
1: I just can't help but think that when we finally meet Jesus in that way that you described earlier, that we that feeling will be nonstop. That we will have, we will be in that of moment of forever.
0: Right. Glory of the Lord, the <clears throat> Hosanna, praise of God. Right. The angels, the the, the heavenly host. hmm
1: And when those moments happen here on earth, it's awesome. I just I <laughs> had a moment like that not too long ago and I just I definitely felt like I wasn't even really here. You know, and I want to say out of body experience for our listeners think I really went cuckoo. But just to be in the Spirit with Him, for that moment, the sky was open, and there was just so much love right then. But until that moment when we're face-to-face with Him, we still are in our uh, premarital, <laughs> before the you know wedding feast. We're still learning to love these people.
0: And that's when the devil does steal it. Mm-hmm. Kill, seal, and destroy. That's when the devil likes to come around Mm -hmm. or likes to get into our head, not our heart. I'm going to say that's the soul thing in our heart, the love part, the divine nature, the Holy Spirit, Jesus in us, the Holy Spirit in us. But the devil likes to come along and not only remind you of all the conflicts, Mm -hmm. but if you're not careful in your memory of all the conflicts, you could open all of those seals every one of those seals could be opened. And again, I'll go there if you allow me. I think all of those seals, that's what exactly was happening. John's seals were being opened. He was remembering things, and as he was remembering things, or if you might want to say them, those things were being brought to his memory, every seal was opened. And was the seal specific to John, no, because again, it has universal application because Mm -hmm. it applies to all of us, how, yes, in an end time sort of way because I do believe Jesus is going to come again. Mm -hmm. I want to say that twice. Jesus is going to come again to redeem his church. I believe that. I believe that materially, Mm -hmm. literally. Mm -hmm. But I also believe that John was going through all of that And in that same sort of a way, we go through all of that over the course of our life because it is the prototype. It's the archetype Mm -hmm. of love. Mm -hmm. This is what love looks like. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm going to go back to something I said earlier after we take a break. So I want to remind our podcast listeners, you're listening to What is Covenant Specialized Pastoral Care Services, Christian Counseling Ministry with Carolyn Barnett and Dave Clay. So Carolyn, if this is then all Part of the archetype of what love is, and we all kind of got to go through it. Mm-hmm. And the devil then would want to come and steal that glory from us, right? Because that's really what that is. First fight Adam and Eve had, the devil was already in the Eve, and it created not division so much between the two of them because they clung together. But it separated them from God. But it's still going on today. It's still breaking up families. It's still breaking up marriages. It's the wall. It's the hard-hearted. It's the defensive posture. It's the fight or flight kind of emotional thinking humans are prone to at base. That if we are not careful, it will control us. It will override even the glory of the Lord. And if we're not aware, which is what we're trying to do now, the devil's trick, it's not even complicated. It's not even, he's not even sophisticated in what he does. He just takes advantage of your irritation. He takes advantage of the annoyance. He takes advantage of more the hurt, the pain, all of those dimensions of abuse, physical, emotional, psychological, to the point where we're not gonna get hurt again. And we're certainly not gonna let allow that person. To hurt us again.
1: Well, we, I believe that we buy into the lie. I believe all those that situation that comes up and we find ourselves, How did I get here? and how did this happen? and you know, when the devil inserts himself and starts wreaking havoc, I believe that's when we sort of turn away from the truth, kind of like Eve, you know, turning away from that tree and, and looking over at something else. We buy into a lie. I'm a firm believer in that, that we buy into one of his lies, and then before long, we've bit the apple, and then we're hiding behind the tree, and I was sharing that with somebody the other day. We don't have to be afraid to come out from behind that tree, because who is waiting for us? Is it a harsh taskmaster? Is it the prison guard that's, you know, you did it now? It's God on the, other, on the other side, and yes, He is a God of justice, and but also mercy. And so, you know, I, I feel like that's a point we have to come to, to become vulnerable enough that, to admit, oh, I didn't see that coming. The devil really, you know, I just fell right in that. I believe that lie, but it's okay because there's hope and there's forgiveness. And, you know, so I... I just believe he's really, I know you said that he, sometimes he's, and it's simple because we're so distracted and we're so, you know, impatient and all of our
0: flesh What's the dualistic, flaws. it's the dual nature. Mm-hmm. Those two things right. are happening at right. once. Mm-hmm. And, and again, I think John, all those seals, as John, those would have been broken, he was reliving all of the traumas, mm-hmm. at least the significant ones. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there were others and he had plenty of time on Patmos, right. with himself, Patmos, with himself, to think about those things. Right. But that's really according to the works, his works. We don't earn our salvation. Mm-hmm. We can't make it happen. It was again bought with a price and that is Jesus. And what's the price? It's the price of love. And what is the price of love? The true glory of the Lord to lay down your life for another. And even God because he is love would demonstrate that by giving his son so that we might have that atonement for the sin nature which is what we're described that the devil manipulates. Mm-hmm. But John was going through all of that. And as he was going through all of that, he was being then brought to a point of taking the ashes and turning them to joy, to something good, mm-hmm. to see it in a highest of orders intellectually, mentally, which again doesn't mean it is only intellectual or mental exercise or that it's not just a great ideal it just means we can only comprehend so much of the power of love. We can only comprehend so much what love really is. Mm-hmm. But it is at that point when we get to the end of ourself and then we lay it down at Jesus' feet, Right. that's when in that that's all we're supposed to do. the mm-hmm. worship. That's our work. Mm-hmm. Our work is worshiping God mm-hmm. and not biting into the apple too much or not allowing the devil to put out our candle. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> a candlestick. But the idea though is if we do that, then we turn it over to him and he will come. Mm-hmm. You know, he's come now. I was thinking about all the different ways this conversation could go. The road to Emmaus. He's come now. We have Jesus in our heart, the day of Pentecost. He's come now. We have the divine nature within us from the very beginning. He's here now. In that way, he never left us. The devil just tricks us into believing he left us. And in my mind, I think you could easily then go to, well, he's abandoned me. He really doesn't care about me. He's not there for me. I'm never going to see him again. I did all of this, and and you know maybe even say, well, it was the right thing to do, so just in that way, I'm going to do the right thing no matter what happens. And I think it's better to obey than sacrifice. I think it's okay to do it that way, but that's not the fullness of it. The fullness of it is the glory of the Lord will come down not only upon you, but out of you. But as it comes out of you, then the kingdom of heaven, Jerusalem, the uh, city, comes down from heaven and demonstrates... God's glory in material manifestation. Mm -hmm. And we are. We're the bride of Christ, whether measured individually or collectively.
1: Right. I couldn't help but think of the upper room. I just absolutely thought of Pentecost earlier. So I'm glad you mentioned that because I could not help but think of how the Holy Spirit came to each person. It didn't come to one, you know, like a priest, and then he represented all the people. It didn't come on one person, and then he told everybody how to, you know, follow the Holy Spirit or whatever. It was for each person. Each person got the Holy Spirit. And so it was personal, but yet collective. And that's that's God in a nutshell.
0: (laughs) Well, that's the book of Revelation. Mm -hmm. That is... What we're seeing, and that's why I'm saying, it's just prototypical then. It's archetypical maybe in a human dimension, the struggle with it, but it's prototypical. It's just the way God intentioned. Mm. But you'll see it over and over and over again in the Bible. And going back to Adam and Eve, the tree of life was in the garden. He's been there all along. And where's the garden? Well, it's a physical place. Like I believe Jesus is going to come back literally, materially. But it's also within us. There's a garden within us. Exactly. It's verdant. Yes. It's, It's green. It's got water. It's got fruit that's good in all seasons. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. Until you let the worm get into the leaf, the vine of the leafy plant, the stem of the leafy vine or plant, and destroy it but he destroys it from the inside out there's nothing the devil can do from the outside in that will destroy what we're speaking to ever 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 from the very beginning to now it's never been destroyed what he's done though is he's taken and tricked you mm-hmm. and, and you believe that Jesus left you mm-hmm. you believe that Jesus abandoned you we believe a lie and I know Jesus said, "I must needs go, but He said, "I must needs go. so I'm going to leave the Holy Spirit." Right, right. So it, it, you know, Jesus wasn't saying, "I'm going to leave you. I'm not going to leave you comfortless. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to leave so you. So you to yes, but that's the message. and then that's why I started with the end. Mm-hmm. If I'd said that at the beginning, we'd have had to build a case for it, mm-hmm. right? Or we'd had to convince people, persuade people, or if people were going to turn us off, they turn us off then. <laughs> Right. At least this way I give them the answer. And then if they're curious enough, if they want to or something, they can. But if they're curious enough, they'll stick around. But that's life, isn't it? I mean, that's life. We have the answer. God's given us the end. Mm -hmm. We know the end from the beginning, even as he knows the end from the beginning. But it's hard, very difficult Mm -hmm. to not let the devil fool you trick you, persuade you into believing either Jesus is not coming back again, that there is no God that doesn't really love you, maybe even there is no such thing as love as you believe there's no such thing as God. Because you become atheistic. You've become devoid. You can pretend like you believe in love, but once you make that declaration, I don't know if that's blaspheming the Holy Ghost in the sense of an unpardonable sin. I think probably people can repent from that. It takes a lot of love. Maybe they're just desperately crying out for it. But when you hit get, get to that point, it's over. If you don't allow Jesus to save you. If you don't allow God's love to save you. If you don't continue in faith to believe.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's the only time when we flat out reject that love, I believe. And I was explaining that to somebody about a week ago, and and they were giving me these other reasons why God would reject them. And, you know, well, what about, what if I did this? And what if I did that? And I said, nope, (laughs) that doesn't, that doesn't get it. And, you know, and I finally was like, if you reject Him and His love for you, that's what I'm talking about. Not these other actions that you could take. You know, and and but people want to put these values on things, and what if I did that, or you know, what if I was this person, and and I was I was like, you're making it so complicated when it really God makes it easy. You know, He makes it simple to come to Him, and yet we complicate it. And I think that's where the devil comes in. And what about he's like a lawyer, you know, like what about this and what about that, and has so many details and you know ideas. Of course. And that's what I was thinking when you said, we know the end from the, get, you know, people, well, I've read the How many passages of you said, you know, well, we know the end of the story. We've read the, you know, they're holding their Bible up and we know the end. And I'm, I'm not, please don't think I'm making light of that. But if it was that simple, then why aren't we all living like that? Why are we, why, why does anybody get stressed out? Why does anybody have problems?
0: Because they're still measuring the victory in material terms. Exactly. And I'm okay with that. I mean, I like winning, I like being a fan. I like teams that win, I like people that win. Mm -hmm. I want to win. If there's a culture war, then I want to be on the front lines. Mm -hmm. I have no, if if I have to in some ways contend with or even a struggle, I will do that. Mm -hmm. But that's not the win. The win and, but that is for life. (laughs) You're gonna contend with the material dimensions as long as you have a physical body and a physical sort of aspect to your being. Mm -hmm. But the real win is when Jesus comes again Mm -hmm. or when the physical and the material passeth away. Mm -hmm. And when we begin to, even as we're approaching maybe some faster than others, that end, we can begin to realize it's really not about those things. Mm -hmm. It's about Jesus. It's about love. And love swallows up covers all those sins, Mm -hmm. all the iniquity. Mm -hmm. Light overtakes darkness. And you may say, well, yeah, and you know, you gotta be toward the end of your life and you know really see it that way. Well maybe there's some truth to that. But what's wrong with thinking about that Mm -hmm. on a regular basis? Or when you read the word of God realizing there is archetype and prototype. And the single message is, watch it. The devil wonders, <laughs> a roaring lion, roaring lion, wandering to and fro, looking to whom he mm-hmm. may devour. Mm-hmm. He's always out there, mm-hmm. and he's opening up the wounds. Mm-hmm. He's taking the memories. The seals in your life are being broken, maybe not in such the sequential order as we see in John, mm-hmm. the book of Revelation with John. But there's seals, nonetheless. Mm-hmm. The compartments are being opened. You know, we compartmentalize. We said at the beginning of the podcast, and that's God does that. If God does the work of putting it into order and sanctifying it before you put it away, it's fine, right? It'll always be okay because it's just part. Of, it's part of your validation and edification. But if you don't allow it to be sanctified by what we're saying now, the Mm -hmm. end from the beginning to see what it really is about, then it will always run the risk of not only being opened up Mm -hmm. and all of that and that same dimension coming out, but it will kill you from it. It'll be the worm in your stem. Exactly.
1: Like having a wound that you won't let heal. I'm just going to keep stabbing it and and keep getting dirty it, keep infecting it. Of course it's not going to heal. But if it heals and makes a scar, then there's a testimony. I was wounded, but now I'm made whole. And let me tell you how it happened.
0: And I think it was what, in the Old Testament, we could not see. They could not see. We can because we have the New and the Book of Revelation. But Jonah, that's the whole message of Jonah. These people, the Ninevites, Mm -hmm. they'd hurt him. They'd hurt his people. I believe there were personal losses. If I was, again, a Bible scholar could say that with a lot of assurance and confidence, but I'm not Mm -hmm. to that extent. But I know that it was the Hebrew people and what had been done and the conflicts. Mm -hmm. And Jonah had not allowed that to be cleansed. Right. He had a memory. Mm -hmm. And though in a conscious, considerate sort of way, I suppose, I say that cautiously, because he fought God every step of the way, it seemed. He was eventually persuaded to go, but God revealed to him his motive wasn't good. But it's those same people mm-hmm. that you were speaking of earlier have the book and they wave the Bible, and you, the uh, podcast listeners can see that, but you were waving the Bible. <laughs> yeah. You know, I know the end from the beginning and yeah. we win. Yes, there's a rally cry in that, but that's not the motive. The motive is right. always. Sanctify that mm-hmm. with love and whenever Damn. possible turn the other cheek in love whenever possible give not only your, if they take your coat give whatever else if possible mm-hmm. but they have no right to kill you any more than the devil does and God's not going to allow that to happen and certainly that's spiritual dimensions and there are times and places to fight in a material sort of way Again, I said, talk, spoke of the culture wars, et cetera, et cetera. But if I don't understand what we're called to, then my works are not going to be complete. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: My worship is not going to be as full as it should be. I'm not going to be able to, as with heavenly choir, shout out praises. Mm -hmm. Glory to God. Glory to the Lamb. Because I'm going to measure it all in material dimensions. And as much as I may have a win today, tomorrow I've got to go fight another battle.
1: Think about that, how that interaction would have been different with the person you saw. If when you remembered those conflicts, <laughs> what if you had like let that determine the outcome of that conversation? I mean, the whole thing would have turned into something else. And whatever God was... <laughs> Oh, i say this correctly. Whatever could have happened (laughs) may not have happened. There we go. Because God allowed you to run into that person, and then the memories came up in your head, and then that moment you had a choice. Were those memories cleansed and you had forgiven them, or was you going to let them sort of take root and be like, hmm, yeah, I don't know if I want to talk to you anymore. So that whole thing could have went a different direction and then I just think of how many times we, we have thwarted God's plans, I want to say that correctly, in not that he can't take them and make them into something else. We know that. What was intended for evil, God could turn for good. But we can sort of go another way on our own, volition. And make it something else when it could have been this beautiful thing, like you described, and the sky opened up, and you know, I pictured birds. And you know, <laughs> what if it had gone to where you gave him a disapproving eye, or you
0: started backing
1: away? <laughs> it
0: again hit me because I'm sure it was going on inside of them, and and that's the point too. Mm. How that's different. why it's one accord. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to be in agreement, right. or you kill each other. Right. That emotional thinking, that fight or flight mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. will end up again many ways to kill somebody, but mm-hmm. you end up killing people. Mm-hmm. And that's not what God wants. Right. But they didn't hit me and I didn't hit them and mm-hmm. I just whispered in their ear, "I love you." You
1: chose love. Yeah. And and that's choosing God. Yes. Choosing mm-hmm. God over self. And that's You know that's the end. That's knowing the you know the end of the story, but it's also living it out on a daily basis. You know, I snuck and I went and I saw where those presents were, and I had some little giddiness or whatever, and I was happy.
0: But I still had to wait till Christmas day. God would wink at that (laughs) in olden days.
1: Yes, yeah. So I still had to wait, and still had to go through every day up until that point. But I knew what was coming, so. We know the end.
0: And it's the devil that, that brings that mm-hmm. on, and that's how he destroys us. Mm-hmm. Right. Again, I don't, I'm not sure that I need to say it, but just for the sake of clarity, that's what we're saying. It's in us all. He takes this thing that we're talking about, this love, mm-hmm. this relationship dynamic, and because it is so important and because we feel so hurt— <laughs> call it a narcissistic wound. Mm-hmm. We feel so hurt by it and maybe just finally say some people are just mean. Some, mm-hmm. she could have hit me. yeah, she chose not to. It was a she by the way. I'd have had a duck. But the idea though is that's what the devil does and he gets in that and before you know it, it is so innate in you mm-hmm. it's in your human construction. It's not, again, the highest of orders of either thoughts or as with spiritual dimension. But it's the same thing to crucify Christ. It's the same thing in mass that crucified Christ, put him on a cross. And isn't that the message too? Because we're waiting for Jesus to come again, but it's the same thing. But in that same sort of way, as much as we could kill somebody, we can also save them in the name of Jesus with this power Mm-hmm. Not of myself. My work is to cooperate. Right. My work is to allow the divine nature, which I have nothing to do with. My carnal nature, I would probably more likely side with mm-hmm. most quickly. It takes a lot of discipline mm-hmm. not to side with the carnal nature. It yes. takes a recognition: yes. what you're going to crucify, that's what you want to crucify. You're going to kill anything. You yeah, know, it's okay to kill the devil. It is okay for the devil to go to hell. Mm-hmm. And then that's the Bible waving. We know who wins. It's okay. It's okay to think that way, though, to some degree, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because the book of Revelation is about that. Mm-hmm. Because they deserve hell. You know, we love them. We turned the other cheek. We gave them. We tried to cooperate. We didn't raise up arms against them. We took evil and turned it to good, or at least tried to allow God or allow God to take it and turn it to good. There's a consequence, lest we forget that, all of us are subject to that. But our work is to cooperate. We don't make it happen. We just, like you said, thwart it. We get in the way. Mm. And, and we choose self. Yeah. So, I know this. <laughs> what am I say, You're going to love this. Okay. So, there is one song, contemporary Christian song, maybe song Period. That I think is the most incredible... Hard to say, isn't it? (laughs) It's how incredible.
1: And when you... When music touches your soul... And you know, that's what I was doing. I didn't share that earlier. But that's what I rarely have ear pods in. You'll rarely see me with that because for some reason they keep falling out of my ears. But for some reason, I think God allowed that to work that day. And I was so into this song, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to listen to it while I walk into the office. And you think, well, well, you know, there's no, that's, what's wrong with that? Or, you know, that's not unusual. I listen to my earpods every day. But for me, I wasn't walking into the office, I was walking with God. Amen. And I just walked down the hallway. And I, I mean, it's a wonder I haven't wrecked. I mean, I thoroughly believe God has protected me when worshiping in the car, but I was just walking down the hallway and I was just looking at the ceiling (laughs) because I was just so enamored with God at that moment. And it didn't matter where I was going or what I was getting ready to do. I was just with him in that moment. And I just... Just looked up like, God, I just felt, I felt the sky open up. I felt the, yes. you know, all the sunshine and the birds, you know. <laughs> and it was beautiful. And I just can't help but think, we're going to experience that 24-7 one day. Yes. Isn't that awesome?
0: It's your song.
1: So awesome. It's the
0: most elegant communication. It's God's way of reaching directly into your heart. Yeah, absolutely. He anchors all of this. He attaches Yeah. That in that way that that allows you to shut out the world, and right. if there is such a thing as mindfulness, right, that's mindfulness. Yeah, two levels: mindfulness about God, mm-hmm. worshiping Him, praising Him, entering His gates with thanksgiving and praise. Mm-hmm. But it's what you get when you go there. Mm-hmm. And generally speaking, music has always been part of that, For me, and it moves us. It moved mm-hmm. me a moment ago. Yeah. I mean, that's why I shut up. Yeah. but I couldn't speak. Because mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine.
1: Well, I, I have felt like that about more than one song, but that's, that's where he speaks to me. That's where I feel. That's where I feel like I'm in his presence. And and, and as, please, listeners, don't think that, you know, I, I I look down at my phone because I use my Bible app a lot. But when I'm in the Word, of course, he speaks to me through his Word. And the, and there's been. Times when that's all I could do is go in my bedroom and grab my Bible and just lay there with my Bible and just sometimes just stretch out on the floor for God to come and move. And sometimes I wish that I don't want those times to come back, but sometimes I wish I had that um, thirst for God Mm -hmm. because, you know, I think, why don't I do that now?
0: Well, it, and it it is an element of thinking material dimension. Some experience-wise maturity, uh, you have more experiences, and we're in different places. Mm-hmm. And and though there's a lot of physical dimension, I think particularly early in life, a lot of things so you get attached to things that are going on around us, our surroundings, yes. our safe place, and, and yeah. that sort of way, you describe that. Mm-hmm. But that's the whole point, too, is it's not around us anymore. It's in our heart. It's in us, yeah. It's and it's absolutely. always been in us. He's right. always been there. Right. But now we're just more we're recognizing, cognizant yeah.
1: mm-hmm. absolutely. of
0: what that looks like. Yes. And we don't have to imagine anymore. Right. Because what we've done on the podcast today is try to remind our listeners, you have it in you. You've mm-hmm. experienced it. hmm you may not have recognized what it's about. Right. May seem trivial. And maybe that's part of the devil's work is to make it minimize it.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But
0: it's not going to be any better mm-hmm. or worse when you see Jesus. Or as you would then invite Jesus to come forth in that way materially, mm-hmm. cooperate. Mm-hmm. You can live in that, that glory. Mm-hmm. can't stay on the mountain all the time, but you can always remember the mount exactly and yes. you can always remember the mount of transfiguration the transfiguration it took place mm-hmm. and that this is a work still in progress mm-hmm. but one day as with the love chapter face to face right faith hope love these three the greatest of these is love, love. Mm-hmm. and i think that that's where john and why the book of revelation is so important but where john was and Why God chose him Mm -hmm. and why he was in that circumstance Mm -hmm. so that we could all understand this Mm -hmm. in human, because we are human, sort of dimension. But hopefully more than that, we could all begin to really understand it in spiritual, with spiritual eyes, with that most elegant of communications, the language of the Holy Spirit, that he would capture us in that sort of way. In that spiritual dimension. And we could abide in his glory. Mm-hmm. And then we could share that with mm-hmm. others. Like the New Testament Church. After right. the day of Pentecost. Right. Like the New Testament Church. Mm-hmm. So, Carolyn. Okay. <laughs> how's your counseling been lately?
1: It's been really good. And I, I am surprised but not surprised. You know when God does something and you're like, oh, wow, this is cool how you know and then you think okay God yeah you arranged (laughs) that. and so I love when he orchestrates things and when people come in and I've had some new people recently that um, are on board that want to come back weekly and that makes me happy because I feel like they're getting something from it God is doing something it's definitely not me and he uses me but I feel like that, um, people need hope, people need encouragement and people need the word of God to be reminded, to have that memory kind of resurrected back up. Let's, let's look at what he say. Let's go over that again. And not that they couldn't do that themselves, but sometimes it just takes someone to sort of lead that and facilitate that, guide that prayer into you know, fruition and, and just remind them of what he said and then pray with them. Offer what hope and encouragement and scripture and prayer that I have to offer. And I believe that God shows up and people leave encouraged. And so that's that's my goal.
0: It's an upper room kind of thing. Not to be overly dramatic or presumptuous, pretentious on our part. But two or more gather together in His right. name. And we believe right. that. Mm-hmm. I believe that.
1: Hmm. Yes, and even it doesn't matter. I had a, a young person, a young teenager the other day, and she shared with me her faith in Christ. We were alone in that room, but Jesus was there, and I could feel that, she could feel that, and it was just amazing. And, you know, we talked through some hard things, but God used so many things in that moment um, to help me, to help her, And it was just quite a God thing.
0: Yes. All right. So how can our podcast listeners, should they want to, reach us?
1: That would be great if you would reach out to us. I'd love to hear um, from you guys. You can give us a call, 304-528-9220. You can email us at covenants.llc1 at yahoo.com. You can go online to our website, covenantsonline.org. Or you can go on Facebook and check us out, Covenants. And we also have a link to our podcast on there as well.
0: So as a final reminder, I want to remind you, individually, you, not you, Carol, you, (laughs) because I've already told you that, you hang out with me, you are podcast listeners. You're listening to What is Covenants, Specialized Pastoral Care, Christian Counseling, Ministry with Carolyn Barnett and Dave Clay, and we do enjoy doing this and want to invite you back. So join us again for our next edition. Thanks.